Welcome to Legal News and Review, recipient of the Florida Bar Award of Excellence and featuring Michael Santucci, co-chair of the Intellectual Property Division of the Broward Bar. From the law firm of Santucci Priori, practicing intellectual property, business, and entertainment law and litigation, located in downtown Fort Lauderdale. Legal News and Review, the only real problem solver radio program using the law. With your moderator, Philip Bell, and hosts and legal panel attorney, Gary Singer, chair of the Broward County Bar Association's Real Property Section. Gary Singer is board certified in real estate law and a syndicated columnist from the Sun Sentinel. He is an expert in his field of practice. Now, here's your moderator, Philip Bell. On the docket for today's broadcast, the new U.S. Attorney General, Jeff Sessions, says, and I quote, I'm dubious about marijuana. I just don't think he's smoking enough. (laughs) I'm not sure if we're going to do uh, be a better, healthier nation if we have marijuana being sold, here's the myth, at every corner grocery store. This comes from the new U.S. Attorney General. And, and, you know, that's what we're going to be doing is talking about myths today, issues surrounding the legalization of marijuana for either medical or recreational purposes. We're very pleased to welcome Alicia Lewis from Greenspoon and Martyr, along with uh, Robert Friedman, creator of the Legal Learning Series that offers continuing education credits, including for those looking to practice in the marijuana industry. First of all, good evening to our legal panel host. Good evening, Michael Santushi. How are you, Phil? Great, man. And good evening, Gary Astro. Thanks for having me and keeping me. Well, let me tell you, what, what can I say about you that the courts already have it? He won't Nothing. leave. He won't I ain't, leave. I ain't leaving. How about yeah. that? He loves the Santucci yep. Priori coffee. I do. <laughs> oh, that is good coffee. It really is. I'm not just saying because you're sitting here. Um, you know, from uh, cancer, epilepsy, glaucoma, even post traumatic stress disorders, many other elements. Marijuana has helped, but uh, marijuana in Florida is now legal to have medical cannabis products. I'd first like to welcome, again, Alicia Lewis from Greenspoon Martyr, and good evening. Good evening. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate you taking the time to educate us on on this really controversial dynamic issue here, now posing for not Florida, but also many other states. And, of course, Robert Friedman from the Legal Learning Series, an organization that gives continuing education to attorneys that now includes marijuana. Good afternoon, Alicia, and good afternoon, Robert. Thanks. Glad to be here. And Why are you get... so giggly, Phil? Well, <laughs> Robert gave me a nice shirt. It's a nice shirt. It was in the parking lot for uncounted. Yeah, we were out minutes. there for yeah. Yes. <laughs> Free samples. Oh, I'll tell you. You know, got no respect. Not even my yo-yo comes back to me. But listen to this. 1986 in Colorado, marijuana sales topped one billion dollars. That's incredible. 1960, uh, 2016. Excuse me. That's a billion dollars. The problem is, what are they going to do with the money? Banks won't take it. You know, that's an issue. They won't take it as well. Amendment two is now the law, but most Floridians still have to wait to get medical marijuana. And you know, it's it's about time we made that change. You know, it it sincerely is. And I know that Greenspoon and Martyr has been at the at the forefront. Matter of fact, um, in October of last year, before the uh, the vote, you guys bought out a, a a 
organization in Colorado, a, a law firm, if yes. you will, and he brought them here. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Um, well, we didn't bring them here per well, se, I mean, but we, we did make them a part of our firm. They're now you're part of your brand. Right. And yeah. now we have, I believe, I can, it's hard to keep up. Um, every day I feel like I get an email that we've you know expanded even more, but we've been expanding across the country, and a lot of it has been focused on expanding our cannabis law practice group. We have offices in California, um, in Portland, in Los Vegas, um, in Colorado, and these are the leading experts in our field um, as far as cannabis law. They've been practicing for decades in this area and fighting um, the fight to, to bring at least medical marijuana um, available to people who need it. I spoke to your senior partner, uh, Jerry Greenspoon, recently, and he's, he's very passionate about this industry and the growth yes. of the industry, and he really uh, you know, predicts a trend that it's going to continue. Um, my, my concern, and you guys are, you're, you're the largest firm in Florida now, Greenspoon, right? Oh, wow. I like so. I said, I need to check my email more often because yeah. I probably know that. Check my facts. Yeah. Check okay. my facts, actually. I think yeah. you're the fastest growing in Florida. Okay. You're the biggest in Broward for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and you guys acquired different practices. You acquired a liquor practice. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. We my, do uh, have the largest alcohol and beverage group in yes. the Southeast. I do know that. They and, have. And, it's uh, my friend ahead. Lou Terminello, who is an expert in beverage. Um, and uh, you walk in the Miami office, and it it's a huge, awesome bar. I try to work out of the Miami <laughs> office as much as possible. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. Yes. But it's but, amazing. But your area of practice, cannabis practice, and, and that's the question is where's this trend going? Um, you know, I don't give investment advice, but I do mm-hmm. caution my many business clients um, as to whether or not they really want to invest in a cannabis business or in the cannabis industry because the way I understand it, and again, this is my area of practice, um, it's the reason why these businesses have been able to flourish in states like, like Colorado, for example, are because the Obama administration made a deliberate decision not to enforce the federal law, because it's still illegal under federal law, in these states where there's been legalization. Um, now that we have a completely Republican-run Congress and a Republican president backed by many evangelicals, where are we going with this? Um, where, what's going to happen? Are they going to start enforcing the federal law uh what's the latest that you're hearing well it, it it's a complicated issue um because the federal government it's it's a it's a it's a schedule one excuse me controlled substance so it's important to keep in mind that under federal law it's illegal um and so anyone who engages in the the medical marijuana business is technically committing a, fe- a federal crime so it's important to know that and understand that however um, as you stated, President Obama, under his administration, he did not, the DOJ issued two different memorandums. And in the most recent memorandum, I believe it was in 2013, um, they did say they, they would not promote using federal funds to prosecute um, those who are involved in medical marijuana as long as they're in compliance with state law. So it's important to, to realize that they didn't say they wouldn't, but they said that they would not encourage it necessarily. Gotcha, and so gotcha. it's important but, to understand that distinction. Now, Trump, Trump's administration can do that. And Jeff Sessions, I'm actually a University of Alabama School of Law graduate. Oh, yeah. So I'm somewhat familiar with Jeff with, Sessions. Can you um, call Jeff him Sessions. and just tell I, everybody you know, I would, what he thinks? Just pin um, him I don't, down. I don't really have his number, but yeah, yeah. you know, but if I could, I, I definitely would. But Bring him to the bar in the but, office but and they, make him talk. But, <laughs> we want to know. He, but yeah. he's, what he's said in other statements is that he... His goal is to uphold the laws of, of our, our country. And so if we want to change that, then we should change that. So really it's important to understand what a Schedule One controlled substance is. It's something that has no medically accepted use. Um, and so we have to 
convince our legislators that it is that this is a medically accepted use. We have to give them that information and then we can change the law. But I, I'm nervous about what Jeff Sessions will do because that's yeah. the way that he has, has run well, the, myth, the, the attorney general's office in Alabama. As I opened the show, the myth is he said, and I quoted, that, you know, it, what, what benefit is it to have uh, marijuana sold at the corner grocery store? That's a myth, That's right? a huge myth. That's uh, um, that's not how dispensaries are typically run. Um, if you, highly you regulated. Do, it's highly regulated. Alicia, let me ask a question. Gary Ostro, um, and I'm a criminal lawyer, so I've dealt with a lot of uh, weed issues. Um, <laughs> I don't think it's speaking. criminal that you're a lawyer. <laughs> I don't either, but some people do. Um, first of all, without getting into the countless arguments for the benefits of legalizing weed and other scheduled narcotics, the fact that it's Schedule One is completely absurd. I'm not afraid to say it because it is. It's classified with cocaine, with LSD, right. with the hardest drugs mm-hmm. that out there, while alcohol, which is legal, causes more despair, pain, suffering, and death than all the other illegal drugs combined. Gary's so, been making this speech for right. close to 40 years. He's I know. Pat- I'm taking notes. He's, been, he's pa- honestly, for anybody else, he's passionate about defending uh, uh, the people that have been accused of cannabis crimes. But it's so, so absurd, not only to be Schedule One, but the fact that it's illegal. When, number one, a war on drugs, you can't declare a war on an inanimate object, number one. <laughs> number two, it creates the black market. It causes mm-hmm. the, the criminal activity. The cartels exist because of it. I can go on and on, not to mention the medical benefits uh, versus the pharmaceutical industry, which cost oh, yes. patients money, uh, the, uh, medication they can't afford. Mm-hmm. Um, in light of all this uh, hypocrisy and utter absurdity, uh, that it's insanity, when, is some, when are they going to wake up? And what is this dubious comment? I know you don't speak for him, but is that the best he can do? I find it dubious. And then he makes a comment that doesn't apply. It's a highly regulated industry that only they, they sell for the same amount as on the street. What's it going to take, um, number one? And when, when's the, this, this correlation between a drug addict, which is a disease, being a criminal, uh, somebody being labeled a criminal because they're a drug addict, which has nothing to do with the other? I mean, it's so backwards. It's hundreds of years backwards. How is it that in this day and age, is it the pharmaceutical companies have such control and power? It's got to be that. And those, by the way, for the majority are toxins, if you might agree. So what's your comment about that? So uh, what you've just described is the stigma that goes along with with medical marijuana. There are so many people that don't understand the the benefits. I've had the opportunity over the past couple of months since I've been involved in the cannabis practice group to meet patients that have benefited um, from this this opportunity to, to actually live a full life. And when you take away the stigma and you look at it for what it is, which is a medical product. It is helping people live fuller lives, people that with terminal cancer, people with HIV and AIDS. Right. This is changing their ability to live even even what portion of a life and they have left. it's an organic left. product. And it's a, in, in true, it's an, an, it's an organic product. But the statistics are out there. So what are these, what are these hypocrites it, relying on other than blind adherence to convention, which is serving no purpose but a destructive, a destructive force? What are, they, what are they relying on? Ignorance? I think a lot of it, to your point, is because of the stigma, the conversation isn't out in the spotlight. I think what we're doing here today is a perfect point. Bringing this conversation into the light, not being afraid to have this conversation, is a lot of what America needs 
to to change the stigma. To yeah, change but the Robert, stigma. Robert, they they still we we talked about this. They they still because it's a federal law, they can go into the dispensary. Yes, uh, they can right. go and in rate, there and yes, rate it. Happened. And the banks still won't accept the cash. Why won't yeah. they do They'll that? They'll take drug laundering, <laughs> money, laundering cash from the cartels. It's unbelievable. Well, it's a broken system. Mm-hmm. There, there is no good answer. What's going on in Colorado and California with the, the money and mattresses and private security right. companies? It's unsustainable. Right, and yeah. a lot, a no. lot of, of dispensaries in other in other states have had issues with the, the cash the cash problem, and so that's a security issue as well. Yes. So there are dispensaries that have been robbed where they just take cash. They don't even touch any of the products. Yeah. So it's important to understand that this, this also creates security issues. No. So um, it's, we have to change the stigma, though, because if you don't change the stigma, there aren't legislators that are going to stand up in the middle of and take a political, and take a political risk, risk to it. be the, the face of, of, a, Bingo. Of, of something that's this controversial. Yeah. Not to sound too much like an infomercial, but what I would tell my business clients, you know, when you have you, – we have a, this huge area conflict between federal and state law. That is so nuanced going into a business like that. I would want to have the guidance of somebody like Alicia Lewis and Greenspoon Martyr uh, or Robert Friedman as well to guide you through the nuances of, of – you know, of, yep. of, and it's it's going to change week to week. You know, it's, we're, it we are on, and the people that have the you know that have the gall to the gall probably not the best word, <laughs> but the people that are willing to take this financial risk and get in now are probably going to reap the benefits. Oh, but it's it, very true. But um, you know, if you take to, that uh, risk, you really need guidance. But they have yeah. well, that's just it. They have to put up with the change. They're they're the. Uh, you know, the trail uh, blazers. Now, Robert Friedman, uh, you developed a legal learning service, I'm sorry, series, and we have uh, a lot of attorneys that listen to the program as well. So I, I want you to let them know what is the legal learning series. And also, I, I did receive one of your flyers for the heat, a combination between what you're doing with the heat. Yeah, so legal learning series, much like this program, is we provide continuing education for attorneys. We make sure that they're staying abreast of the issues, the the trending laws and What's important, the hot topics. And that you get credits. And uh, you get credits for them. As you know, with with these topics, sometimes they can be dry um, and a little bit boring. So we try to make our programs exciting and fun to the best of our abilities. So the Heat one that you just mentioned we have coming up, it's the last home game of the season. We have the Corporate Council of the Miami Heat as our presenters. And they'll be educating attorneys on doing business with outside counsel, um, issues in sports law. And then we'll all adjourn to a heat game. How cool. Even though uh, the NBA players as well as the NFL players are regularly tested for their use of cannabis, they can drink all the alcohol they want and they can consume all the pharmaceuticals they want and the opiate painkillers during an injury. But God forbid they smoke a little weed and they're suspended. And 90% of the NFL, uh, NBA, uh, partakes, or 90% or 75% high enough. True? No, you're, you're, you know? I, I know that there's an issue, and I actually believe there's a petition in the NBA to remove um, cannabis testing from the athletes. Wow. They're going to have to ban the whole league if they continue <laughs> it. I mean, it's absurd. I'm sure it's not a performance enhancer. <laughs> I don't know. I think some of these guys think they play better when they're stoned. <laughs> What's wrong with our society that we regulate athletes more than we do lawyers and pilots? I mean, we care more about what, what our, what our uh, Olympic athletes are taking or there are basketball players, you know, than who's, who's making life and death decisions for you. You know, it's... Well, our audience knows Gary Ostro because also it's representation of a lot of players like uh, Ricky Williams, one of the best players, uh, Heisman Trophy winner. It's very intelligent didn't man. It didn't affect his performance in a negative way yeah. since he led mm-hmm. the league when he was at the highest peak of his uh, uh, marijuana consumption. 
it either he would have people say, well, it didn't uh, it didn't help him. Well, you'd have to say if he didn't smoke, he would have gained another 150 yards each game. So there's no way of knowing. But the guy was leading the league back to back 2002 to 2003 with the highest number of carries while he was still well, out of his mind. This is the only industry uh, uh, that would be uh, similar to the dot com industry. And if you get in now, you know, you can reap the rewards. But when people come to you and they say, do you know, I want to invest in this or I want to open up my own uh, dispensary, what is the actual process? Do they do they do a background check on these people? I mean, do you have to be a doctor? Yes, there's going to be, and, and there has been a very, in the previous um, legislation, the Compassionate Use um, Act, um, there was a rigorous application process. I mean, there were some applications that were 200-plus pages, thousands of pages. I mean, it, it's, it's a very detailed process. So um, that process has not been completely um, decided at this point because the state legislature has just started in session, and so um, they're going to come up with exactly what this new process would be if they're going to issue additional licenses. How political is it? It's extremely political. <laughs> I mean, because, okay. again... You have to get somebody who's willing to stand up and fight for this issue. And you'll admit, both of you, that if we went through this jumping hoop process and spent the fortune on the dispensary, that the next day, or invested in a marijuana stack, the next day the feds can come out and shut down the industry from they state could. to state. They could. So or they could risk, seize all the assets and right. never charge you with anything. And that risk is above and beyond the risk that are inherent in a stock investment. But there's there's yeah. political yeah. risk on that on the enforcement side, too. Uh, you know, And if we are going to have the crystal ball here or try to read what Jeff Sessions or Donald Trump is going to do, do you really think they're going to bust up states, you know, bust up people that, that are taking, you know, have medical marijuana prescriptions? Do, you, you, do you think they're going to risk? They have. No. They have. Yeah. They have. They've done that in other, other states, even yeah. under the Obama administration. They've That's done it in other, other see, states. But if they're, here, here's my point. They're going to come up with a policy. Are they really going to pinpoint medical marijuana? Or are they going to pinpoint recreational? And the the two articles I read last night on, on trying to read the tea leaves with uh, uh, Attorney General Jeff Sessions is that that's probably where they're going to go is that if they're going to enforce anything, it's going to be in recreational states and it's going to be selective enforcement. Now, again, this is just total speculation by, by certain aspects but, of the media. Um, but, uh, you know, what I don't understand my, is my guess is, is, yeah, is, is medical is going to be here to stay. Yeah, it medical will be, be but, anywhere. Yeah. but listen, yeah. I mean, you know, the police pull you over. Some of them won't even, even they'll give you what is a, t- a parking ticket these days? It's a citation. It's a citation. It's criminalized in some states. Other states you can get, you get a citation, lesser amounts. Uh, they're not even, it's, it's decriminalized. But Gary, a hundred million people, a hundred million Americans have some sort of uh, criminal record. And sure. a lot of them are because of small possessions. Of I'll give you a case. I had a guy come in recently with a couple of grams of weed, and he had uh, the, the oil extract, which is a mm-hmm. hybrid of the sativa mm-hmm. and the other, uh, remind me, whatever it yeah, was. But it's, it's not hash oil. It's just a liquid version of mm-hmm. marijuana, and they're charging him with a felony. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's absurd. And you're I'm telling kidding them, me. No, but I'm that's not. another issue because have, we have to make sure that we have a state system that it's allows consistent. people to be registered so that if someone pulls them over by law, marijuana. but if they do have medical marijuana, that's another issue for people who use be. it. So, so that if you get pulled over and you are a patient that is that has an, a, a recommendation valid, you're not going to jail or you're not sitting in a jail cell trying to explain that I – 
legally am allowed to Here's have this. Here's the other problem is that uh, I don't know under Trump necessarily, but certainly Obama, anybody who had a medical marijuana license or recreational couldn't own a firearm. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, this is backdoor stuff that's completely unacceptable. I was not aware of that. Yeah. 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 If you have, if you went into a doctor and you were diagnosed with depression, you're unfit to own a firearm. You have no Second Amendment rights. That was Obama's way of going in the back door, what he couldn't do the front door. And if you're on medical weed, then you're unfit to own a firearm. So if you accept a card, at least in some states where it's decriminalized or Mm -hmm. for medical use, you're giving up your Second Amendment rights. And to me... That is so unconstitutional and so oppressive that it's sickening. Then there's multiple other, you know, issues as far as like employment. You know, what's going to happen when right. employers, are, I think you construction need... workers, you know, that have these cards, you fire them all. Why and can't you, they you take have a card? Why can't yeah. they take the models from Washington State and Colorado where it's recreational and it works and the, the money that's being brought in is enormous and they can solve a lot of economic problems, not to mention health problems for people who are hooked on pharmaceuticals like opiates. And this helps reduce the opiate uh, abuse. It does. Um, why can't they look at those models? If their egos are in the way, they don't want to look at somebody else's Again, model? Again, it comes back to someone willing to stand on this well, issue you know and really fight. And get... that's what we're working at Greenspoon Martyr very hard to do, to lobby and to change the minds of these legislators who are making these decisions that make it even more difficult for, one, patients to have access, and, two, for this to, to remove this stigma. Well, Pam Bondi didn't help much with the medical <laughs> marijuana. She was very opposed to it. Well, we'll keep because... going Republican, then. And yeah. for the Pharmaceutical companies well, own her, and I don't mind saying it on the radio. I, I may be the only one at this table that was a primary caregiver to a, to a cancer victim. That was my late wife. And watching what she was going through with chemotherapy mm-hmm. and knowing how brave she was, because i got to tell you, I wouldn't want to go through that, you know, taking her for those treatments. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. And if something could give her relief from the nausea, from the pain, opposed to this toxic chemical uh, OxyContin that they sign a waiver saying, I, I, I'm going to prescribe it to you, but knowing you're going to be physically addicted. You're going to become an addict. Right. That if you get well, guess what? You're going to have to go in the rehab right. to be detoxed. Yeah. Or stay on it to control so, the pain because right. marijuana is not available, right? which is worse. Alicia, what, what's like the client profile for the, for the cannabis practice? What, types of, what, what are the types of clients that, that your firm, you and your firm would take in? We we've, we have clients that are um, investment firms. We have clients that have um, different. Do they have to be U.S. firms, or can they can a foreign investor uh, come to this country? It can it can be a foreign investor. Okay. It can be you know someone who a mom and pop who's a farmer and wants to have uh, you know a cultivation crumb. site. Um, it can be. I mean, we've been approached by all different types of clients. Um, actually, I'm working on a project in California <laughs> where yeah. someone wants because I'm a land use attorney by trade. That's all I, I, I do, that. and so yeah. um, that's how I'm part of the cannabis practice group because this is going to come down to local law. And so I'm working on a project um, with an attorney that we have out in California that they want to open a, a spa retreat in California, a cannabis spa retreat. I like it. So yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> it's new. It's different. Can you sell us a share right now? <laughs> yeah. So there, there are all yeah. different types of, of investors. But what's really important is that you, you work with attorneys that really know what they're doing. There are a lot of attorneys that are popping up and saying that they want to be cannabis attorneys. And, and, and there's, I have nothing against them. I'm just is saying that the application process is very rigorous. So to be when you a get a cannabis attorney, no, what is a cannabis attorney? A cannabis attorney is someone who one understands the field, who really understands the different issues that are faced by these investors and cannabis clients. When you set up certain businesses, 
you have to make sure they're set up in a certain way. Um, and then when you go through the application and licensing process at the state level, you get one shot. Um, so if that application process isn't handled by someone who, who understands the nuances and the different things that you need to have set in place in order to actually be competitive in that, that process, you're wasting your time and you're wasting your money. So that's what well, Robert Friedman offers, that type of uh, class or teaching he does. where you understand the ups and downs. You yes, can I've be. spoken at a couple of his about the land she use and zoning aspects. Okay, and so, well, now I, I'm yeah, ready to pay yeah. my admission fee. Right. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't before, yeah. but now I am. <laughs> or, to, or to watch the heat. Before we actually go, uh, just let me interrupt because I forgot to read a special announcement. And today's broadcast is being brought to you by, in part, by Corporate Capital Direct. Now, Corporate Capital Direct will give you the inside edge for your business financing needs. And I mean, they handle things like you wouldn't believe. And, and they also uh, have programs that fit every need, whether it's a large company or, or a small company. You could go to Corp Cap Direct and look at their service, corpcapdirect.com. And the phone number is 800-261-6478. We certainly appreciate their underwriting. And uh, Robert, uh, let our audience know again what, what this is, who this is open to, and when it's going to be in conjunction with the Heat Game. How cool is that? <laughs> sure. So the, the Heat Game is uh, a program we we offer, but what we have in terms of cannabis is an organization called Cannabis Lab that stands for Law Accounting Business. You can find out more about it on LegalLearningSeries.com. But if you are an attorney and you want to get into this practice area. That's what we exist to do is to teach you more about it. Great. And yeah. Alicia Lewis from, from Greenspoon mm-hmm. Martyr, you guys are my neighbor. I, I welcome you guys both, Robert and Alicia, back to the well, show. That's because we you go to do, all their parties. Right, yeah. yes. <laughs> they do good parties. Well, really, we could do a week. We could do two weeks uh, on, we'll definitely on this topic. Yeah. So please come back. Absolutely. At the very least, join me for lunch sometime. Yeah. We, take, we record the show here in my office in downtown mm-hmm. Fort Lauderdale. We're a couple blocks away. Um, how does somebody contact you, Alicia, if, if they have a, a cannabis issue that they need consultation with? They can contact me through our website. Um, my information is provided on the website, greenspoonmartyr.com. Okay. Or gmlaw.com. Gmlaw.com. Yeah, gmlaw.com. gmlaw.com. And Robert Friedman, how do we contact you? LegalLearningSeries.com. Excellent. Yep. You're all over the A lot of good place. information there. Just one last question. we gotta, we got to go, though. Uh, do you have to be a lawyer to, to attend these classes? Can so you be an accountant? You, you, you do you not, a, but... The, we do offer continuing learning credits for the attorneys, which is important to maintain their professional license. So that is the right. value in attending for attorneys. Absolutely. Excellent. Absolutely. All right. Well, quick last question real quick. Are there a lot of attorneys in marijuana law right now in the state of Florida? More that are claiming that they are than actually yeah. have the ability to do yeah. it. Meaning, no, there aren't. More, yeah. that, more that probably smoke. Yeah. Mike, but thank we, you. We got to go. Thank you for listening, everybody. Put down your phones. Keep listening to the radio. Send your music in to info at 500law.com. Local bands, local songwriters. We support local music. Uh, listen to us every weekday at 3.30. And remember, everyone, be legal. You've been listening to the award-winning legal news and review. Recognized by the Florida Bar's Award of Excellence. Legal News and Review, featuring Michael Santucci from the law firm of Santucci Priori, located in downtown Fort Lauderdale, and practicing intellectual property, business, and entertainment law and litigation. They can be reached at 500law.com or at 954-351-7474. To contact the legal panel hosts and guests, go to BeLegalBuzz.com. And to reach Gary Singer, board-certified real estate and syndicated columnist, appearing in 400 media outlets, including the front page of the Money Section every Monday in the Sun Sentinel, from the law firm of Gary M. Singer, PA, call 954-851-1448. 
for legal news and review. Remember, be legal.